Hi, I'm Andy McDonald, Senior Pastor of Whole Life Church here in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational congregation, a faith community committed to our mission to love people into lifelong friendship with God. And we're committed to our vision to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. When we talk about Simply Gospel, and specifically as we the only way, what are we talking about? The only way to what? For what? Let me jump farther in than than I might where I'm beginning more subtly. This is not subtle. The gospel is, I'm accepted, therefore I obey. And in direct opposition to the gospel, to the functional default for the human heart, not just the default of those outside of the religious area, but also for those of us involved with spiritual and religious stuff, All of humanity shares this functional default that operates on the basis exactly the opposite of the gospel. I obey, therefore I am accepted. Sitting in any church service, assembled for worship somewhere or in any living rooms uh, scattered all over the globe, watching a message are good religious people sitting side by side. Maybe no easily recognizable difference in their life and lifestyle both seeking to please God with all that they are. And one group are clear, unequivocally clear, that because of the work of God in Jesus Christ, totally apart from anything they have believed or said or done, are accepted by God because of who God is, and in wonderment and amazement of being accepted and loved like that, their response is to wish to live a God-pleasing life. And, and maybe right next to that person is someone who is working hard to, to live a God-pleasing life and is simultaneously constantly fearful of failing because he or she is certain that they must perform, produce, achieve, obey to a, a certain level in order to be accepted. Martin Luther, in his commentary on Galatians, writes about how even after you become a Christian, even though we understand the gospel enough to get converted and embrace the principles of it in joy, the actual way our hearts work is not immediately changed. And over the years, every moment we have to beat back the ease of sliding down the path to our default thinking, I obey, therefore I'm accepted. So the gospel can be preeminent. The the gospel that brings the good news, I'm accepted, therefore I obey. I, I love this quote from Luther. The truth of the gospel is the principle of all Christian doctrine. Most important is that we know this article well and that we take it to others and beat it into their heads continually. I like that. It it resonates with me. And it is, in my opinion, absolutely necessary because the devil, the culture at large, and, and most religion exists in friendly or hostile opposition to the reality of the gospel. My dad died in 1994, a few weeks before his 65th birthday. And my growing up, I I don't know if it was overtly intentional on his part or whether it was just so much of who he was that it sort of emanated from him. But my whole life, I felt this deep, palpable, unconditional love from him. 
I wish he were alive so I could ask him because while I'm pretty sure of the answer, it would be cool to, to hear it from him. The question would be, Dad, is there anything I could have said or done or become that would have caused you to stop loving me? I fully lived and, and believed to this day that his answer would be nothing, that there was nothing I could do to affect an, the amplification or the reduction of his love. It was as constant as is humanly possible. Growing up in, in that atmosphere of acceptance and love never once motivated me to wish to live a dad dishonoring life. Uh, quite the contrary. His, his full acceptance of me created in me a will to please on one hand and a freedom from fear of displeasing on the other. It, it seems that there is often in and around religion and religious people an easy capitulation to our human default. To, to practice our religion and live our lives in that default. I obey, I perform, I achieve, and therefore I am accepted. If we choose to let nature take its course and, and go forward in the default mode, and we are religious, we try to do the right thing, obey the commandments and serve and care uh, for others. But in the end, we tell God that he must bless us and that he must save us. Look at all that we've done. To live like that in religion is really no different than living that way apart from religion. When, when those outside of the faith, we accuse them sometimes of being on an achievement treadmill, of believing that I worked hard and I got into a good school and I landed a good job and I make good money and I, I care for my family, I have nice vacations, I look forward to a wonderful retirement someday. In essence, they have become their own saviors attempting to save uh, themselves in a secular sense. But it is no different, really, from the religionists. Tim Keller says that if we are at all in the mode of the default, I work, I achieve, I perform, therefore I'm accepted, that Jesus, he may be our example, our helper, our model, but not our Savior. We're attempting to be our own Savior. Interesting, right after Jesus called him to be his disciple, Matthew threw a party for all of what the religious leaders would think of as his unsavory friends, tax collectors and the like. The Pharisees and teachers of law who belonged to their sect complained to Jesus' disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus doesn't give the disciples a chance to wade in on that answering that, that question. He, he steps in. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The Pharisees were the separated ones, too good to let the likes of a tax collector even brush against their robes. They will be careful not to enter Pilate's court as they lobby for the crucifixion because they don't want to become unclean and miss out on any of the events of Passover weekend while they plot a murder. This is where default, I obey, therefore I am accepted thinking, can move us. There was, there was a not-so-subtle poke also at these religious leaders. He was saying to them that, that they were their own saviors. He was challenging them as to their disinterest in others. He was challenging their self-perceptions. 
Because deep in the soul of one on default mode, I obey, therefore I am accepted, there is, except for maybe in the very most self-deluded, an awareness of performance gaps, of scoring below the A-plus that gains acceptance. There's, a, there's this background music in their life of fear that it may never be enough. And Jesus, like his followers, will always be calling all people towards the, the gospel and away from the false default. Jesus and the church and the world today, that is the body of Jesus Christ, will see all people who are mean and rebellious or who are hard and self-righteous simply as sick people who need a doctor who has the healing cure of the gospel. We, we must get the story right. Jesus did not open up a way to the auditions to see if you can perform well enough to win a prize. He, he didn't go to the cross and the tomb so that you could have a moment on stage to prove yourself worthy. The story is really too good to believe. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 11, it says this. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. It's the reality of the gospel that we are accepted, therefore we obey, that enables us to, to live a joyful and free life. We aren't, we aren't trying to measure up. We aren't getting ready Without the good news of our acceptance with God through Jesus Christ, we can't own how bad and lost we are. Who, who wants to face our human depravity with no way out? We can be prideful and, and look in the mirror and lie to ourselves if, if it makes us feel any better, but it doesn't change the reality that without Jesus saving work on my behalf, on your behalf, we are lost. But when the gospel comes, that apart from anything that you believed or adopted or said or did while you were actively enemies of God, seeking to perform to a high enough level to get accepted, during that interval, Jesus, by his actions in cooperation with the Father and the Spirit, reconciled you and brought you into the family, made you and me the same as the holy and, and then in the knowledge that you are accepted, you therefore choose to obey. Those in abject poverty who have received in the gospel, that are really at the bottom rungs of society, that James writes that they should rejoice and take pride in their high position. What's he talking about? I mean, circumstances can be beating a person down, but they can step into a new kind of self-esteem hearing the gospel that they are accepted. Paul writes the Colossians that Jesus not just accepts us, but brings us into the very presence of God where we are as if we had never made one mistake. 
Not one bad choice, not one disappointing decision, perfect in Christ. James then goes on to say to the rich Christians that they should take pride in their low position. What is he saying? He's saying what Martin Luther was talking about, that even after we've accepted Jesus Christ's message to us, heard the gospel, the reality is that that we are saved sinners. Always, always the distance on our own between the holy God is an infinite separation, but in Christ, we are brought right to God's side. For we maintain, Paul writes to the Romans, we maintain, we we bolster, we guard the reality that people are justified by faith apart from observing the law. Do the justified observe the law? Of course they do. Why not? Uh, Observing the law when it is the reaction to and an outgrowth of being loved and accepted and forgiven, when all the performance pressure is removed by holding to the gospel, why not? Why not obey? For by grace, for by grace, the unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor of God, you have been saved. Not will be, may be, hope to be saved. You have been saved through faith. And and this not from yourselves. Even the faith to believe it is something you, you you didn't generate, but it's a gift from God. Not by works or performance or obedience from you. It is the gift of God. It's the only way. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to your cross I cling. We we don't bring the gift to God. He is the giver of every good and perfect gift to us. It is a gift, and, and your big work and my big work is simply to receive this essential gift. It has to be a gift because it can't be earned. The gulf between yours and my human depravity and the perfection of the Almighty God cannot be spanned except by God himself, which he did in Jesus Christ. You, because of Jesus, are loved, accepted, and forgiven. God's gift to you. It's essential. It is the only way that works. There's the human default, the the rut we love, I obey, I perform, I achieve, therefore I am accepted, loved, and forgiven. If, If there's really anything to forgive, And whether you are pretty good, even near perfect performer, or the worst ever seen, no one can earn acceptance. And then there's the gospel. I am in Christ by his action and his merit, all by his doing, achieving, all of his achieving, all of his sacrificing. Uh, Long before I even saw the light of day, I am accepted, loved, forgiven, And therefore, I obey. I seek to live a God-honoring life. And even then, any success I have is Christ in me, the hope of glory. And in response to his amazing grace, we will sing of the goodness of God because his mercies never fail. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoy being part of our service and uh, we'll continue to let us hear, hear from you and know where you are in the world. And, uh, and then hopefully if you're local, uh, soon be able to rejoin us at services at the church. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. The gospel is just too good to be true, but it is true. Uh, forgive us for easily sliding to the default and trying to perform trying to achieve and merit something. 
Instead, Father, we want to recognize that you've accepted us, you've forgiven us, you've loved us deeply. And because of that, we choose to obey and live God-honoring lives. Thank you. Thank you for your grace. May we live it in our lives this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians. All focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.